There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hour three of the Tuesday Lori and Julia show. Thanks for listening to us on the radio, on the app, on the stream. And don't forget, if you're listening on the app or on the stream, you should be a listener reward member. You can win stuff. This month we've got AirPods, MyTalk gear, restaurant gift cards, a streaming sampler pack, and more. So do that at MyTalk1071.com. Thanks. No, what I I was saying, and we were way too close to the top of the hour, but people were freaking out because they realized Uncle Henry, if you're one of the millions of people watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, is the little kid from E.T. Henry Thomas is playing Uncle Creepy, Scotch-soaked. Got it. Uncle Henry in The Haunting of Bly House. It's the little kid. Now, do you have to watch the first? That was this is like a uh, no. You're not related. Year, they're they're not related. Okay, not it's like Fargo. Okay. You can watch. Okay, it, just, it doesn't matter what our. Uh, He's so good. Order. Yeah, I remember being probably about the same age as him when ET came out and thinking that guy's got it made. And he was part of that. Crazy. Docu- did you hear yeah, he said he's it? got it made? made. Yeah. <laughs> but he was part of that documentary that Alex Winter did about showbiz kids. Oh on yeah, Showtime, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. he talked about it because he's one of. You know, he's the rare child actor because he was pretty young in E.T. to transition and be a pretty steady working character actor. Yeah, you know, right. Without any, but he talked about like it was a hard thing to wrestle with or whatever. Okay, so Julia, Matthew McConaughey, we're not going to get him for his, but he's got a new memoir that came out Um Today called uh, Green Lights, and he's kind of, I'm waiting, I don't know what late night show, maybe he's on one of the shows uh, tonight, but he was on with Kelly Ripa this morning, Okay, and um, he's talking about it, and I do not like his slick back hair. Okay, so so some people work on Zoom and some, some don't. Yeah. His hair, the way he's wearing it, is so... His lighting is off. I mean, he doesn't care. No, I know. I know he doesn't care about the lighting. And we were so worried that he kind of, Rocco, lost his look when he lost like 50 pounds for his role in the Dallas Buyers Club. He's never looked the same to us. That he's never recovered. So people be careful. <laughs> Do because, not lose 40 pounds what for, if you, for a role. Unless you really need it. But right. he was, you know, he played this role of, of, an, of an AIDS. Um, yeah, um, no, vi- it was uh, transformative. But he lost a certain je ne sais quoi or something. He's never, he's always had this twinge of boniness look to him or something. It's like he lost his youthful muscle f- or and fat from his 40s. 
Yeah, and it's important to have <laughs> that as you age. Well, I, I we saw it. We've we did, it. and we. But so when he's wearing his hair slick back, it's like he's also got a reddish orange coloring in it, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's using shoe polish on his hairline. It's not. It's I, I want him to lady. wear a baseball hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're so good looking. Just ruffle and your hair. And we've seen him in person. He's, he's and everything. gorgeous. He's really good looking, and he is. I'm interested in everything he has to say Same. because when he said that he was doing this book, you know, it was like he basically said. I I know people don't expect it, but I've kept diaries my whole life since I was like in seventh mm-hmm. grade. And um, so here he is talking to uh, Kelly. She's welcoming, welcoming him to the program after letting the audience know she'll let us know if Ryan is COVID positive. Right. And okay. this is where she asks him, what does the book title mean? Okay. What does the title mean? The title is based on this image here. It's a central theme that came out of me looking at 36 years of the diaries I've been keeping. Um, you know, green lights are, are times in our life when we have our freedom. They affirm our way. They say, go ahead. Yes, boy, Keep going. Good job. You know, red and yellow lights are the times in our life that slow us down and stop us. We don't like red and yellow lights. We don't want red and yellow lights, but sometimes they do give us what we need. The theme that came out as green lights in the book, I tell stories and share some tools uh, for engineering more green lights in our own life, uh, for ways of seeing things to, in, in, in a way that maybe something someone else may say is a yellow or red light in our life. We actually win and how we can see it as a green light, as the lesson that's in that hardship is also a, a tool that we can use. So that's what it's about. All the yellows and reds in our life, I believe, eventually do turn green. So this is sort of a uh, little science to uh, living as satisfactory life as possible. Catch more green lights. Okay, I got lost. And I'm, <laughs> okay, and I'm reading so copy for something right? in the future right now. But it it's is. so he loves to use the metaphor, and he's always kind of been like that. It's always. part of his. He waxes poetically about, about anything. anything. He really does. And Do you he's like super that about smart, him, though. Uh, Rocco? Oh yeah, the, I like him. I I'm mean, always. It's, it's always it's really just even more of a takeoff on all right, all right, all right. You know that simple summation. And he was Kelly's just leaning in, mm-hmm. you know, closer and closer to him, and just like. I just want to hear you read your book. Well, here's what he says about reading. Mm-hmm. Who's reading Green Lights yep. to you on the audio version? Version I performed it myself, which was a who to do. Yeah. I'd obviously read the book uh, <laughs> while writing it, but I had a great time doing the audio version to perform all the characters in it and all the places I've been around the world was, was uh, a lot of fun to do. I got to be honest with you. I looked that up last week when I heard this. I read the People magazine cover to cover at the nail salon. And I literally um, thought if he wants to talk to me for six or seven hours on my time schedule, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care how long he goes on. He's a cadence to his the way he talks with his... And, and it doesn't and even really matter what he's saying. I would You're agree. Just, and Kelly's leaning closer and closer, and she's like, Matthew, just even, because you could tell she didn't know what the hell he was talking about, yeah. the red line. Thing. Yeah. I mean, she knew he was making a metaphor, but she was just like, she's like, I'm leaning, I'm almost falling into the TV. I could just listen to you. It's like when he does the Lincoln 
ads. Dick Murray, yeah, yeah, And yeah. he just talks about the nothing, feeling yeah, and yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know, and you're it's like, big. all right, I'll drive in that car. Okay, well, this, <laughs> you know, and I, he's done a couple other interviews, but I kind of, I liked, I appreciated this question from Kelly, and apparently she did read the book, because I guess he does write about this in the book, but she asked him, when did you know you were famous? And oh, he's yeah. got a great story. Okay. When did you know that you were famous? I remember the moment. Um, so around 1996, I had done a film called The Time to Kill. Oh, Sandra Bullock. The movies come out on a Friday night. That Friday afternoon before that movie had come out in theaters, I walked through the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica. And there were, say, the 400 people on the promenade. Uh, 396 minding their own business, not noticing me. Four checking me out. Maybe a couple of them noticed my uh, uh, previous films and a couple of them liked the shoes I was wearing. Well, that next Monday afternoon, after the weekend, just whatever, 50 hours later after uh, Time to Kill had come out, I walked down the promenade again and everything had inverted. Now 396 people of those 400 were staring at me as the guy they had seen in the film with Time to Kill. And the other four were not. One of them was blind. So (laughs) I felt... Wow. Right then, I was like, whoa, I remember checking my nose, checking my fly, going, what's going on? And I hit me. I was like, oh, okay. That check has been cashed. I am famous. So, yeah, I remember from that day on. Famous. Um, I think they handled it pretty well. I mean, there's an obvious imbalance that comes when all of a sudden the world inverts like that and the world becomes a mirror. And we really had to meet strangers after that time anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I had to do is, is um, I got the hell out of Dodge for a while. I put on a backpack and headed off to uh, Peru and floated the Amazon for, for uh, 25 days. I needed to check out to check in, so I did. And, I, and I've done that actually through my life and career times where maybe I was feeling a little off balance, needing to find my frequency, put on a backpack and head out on my own. He's very, and it's so smart what he's saying, you know, and it's true, you need to check out to yeah. check in. But I remember when he did this, when he bought the Airstream mm-hmm. and he just went camping across America like 10, 15, before Camilla. Um, yes. And lived in an airstream and just really needed to have a reality check and get back to the basics instead of the celebrity. He gave a couple more examples yeah. of when he's also had to do that. I don't he's know. He's lovely. Matthew McConaughey is lovely. He really is. His first gig was he was a hand model. I bet he's got beautiful Stop. Oh, my gosh. Stop, Lori. Yeah. He, he was. You used to say, I remember when he was riding bikes with Lance Armstrong. Oh, and you used to say, he's got crocodile arms. His arms are so sharp. Remember when you said well, that? Because he, he's up on our manual, I he's think. He's not. Matthew McConaughey is, was surprisingly, um, he was a compact, you know, he was, he's 5'9". I've always had the five for eight. this one. He's not super tall, but he does have a big head. Yeah. And he d- did kind of have shorter arms. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't a long-limbed 5'8"er. No, he's he's yeah. his voice. But if you haven't seen so, the movie Time to Kill, that is mm. a great John Grisham movie with Sandra Bullock. And, so good. And the chemistry between those two. Holy, 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 holy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we all fell in love with them with Dazed and Confused, right? I think Rocco and I have the same, like, you know. I didn't. That wasn't Dazed my movie. and Confused, Spicoli, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm, I'm like a teenage boy as far as some of my movies. Um, Porky's Mannequin. I mean, I saw them all. I love yeah. them all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I you know, get it. 
Um, but anyway, so it was just, it was a fun interview and hopefully he's, I think going to be maybe on Kimmel. Yeah. in his kids. Any of the other night shows. Cause he's just in Texas and yep. people were yelling at him about sharing in his uh, book about his dad, about his dad. Here's what he writes. Um, he said, uh, you know, I got a call from my mom. Your dad died. My knees buckle. I couldn't believe him. He was my dad. Nobody or nothing could kill him except mom. And then he writes about how he died having an orgasm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably had a heart attack right yes. as he had Climax. an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like what man wouldn't want to go out that way? And he had said, that's how I want to go. go out. But he was too young. Yeah, I know. I think he was only like in his late 50s. But anyway, some people were clutching their non-existent pandemic pearls and saying that he's too classy to do something like that. I kind of liked about that. it because the only other time I'd ever heard that happening was in the movie Private Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> so I was with Armand Arsan and Goldie Hawn, yeah. if you remember. Or no, it was some other guy. It was. It was. I like the sound of that, though. Armand Arsan. Armand Asante. Asante. He was such a dinke in that movie, but remember? Beautiful. But beautiful. He was such a sexy he freshman. He still shows up on shows. Yeah, he does. Now he plays the sexy octogenarian yeah. godfather type. He was sexy. Yeah, he's kind of uh-huh. always the head of a crime syndicate or a rich family. Yeah. Got that hair always and he the wears a cape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know a man in a cape. Okay, listen, we'll be right back with the Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hello! Hello! It's our first snowy dirt alert. Oh, it's people sure. are creep crawling along. We can't in see their the cars. dirt. Yeah, we can't see, see the, the dirt. dirt. We can't see the leaves. We're like, what day is it? October twentieth. You can't even see anything out there. By the way, the snow is really wet and heavy. So when you are shoveling the snow, be careful because it's heart attack snow. It is heart attack yep. snow. So you know, bend with your knees and not with your back. And <laughs> thank you, thank you, mom. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, let's talk about this Phil Collins drama that's happening between he and his ex-wife, Orianne. So today, a judge ruled that an impartial third party is going to go into Phil Collins's Miami house to inventory items belonging him to him and his ex-wife. So they're going to go through every single darn thing in that house and take an inventory and determine who it belongs to. Oh, Lord, these How people. humiliating. I know. Yeah. So Collins is in Switzerland, by the way. He's out of the country, right. but he's seeking a temporary restraining order against Orianne and her husband, who she married in Las Vegas in August. Oops. After he thought they were back together. Yes, so he doesn't oh. want them in their oh. Miami house. That's okay. the that's piece you're the missing. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. So that's the whole timeline. So Orianne, Phil Collins, married in the 90s, early 2000s. They got a divorce. She remarried, divorced that guy, mm-hmm. got back together with Phil, Phil. Collins. And then little I'm Bradley Trainer and I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
well, does Phil Collins know she goes and decides to marry this guy in Las Vegas so in now August? he feels like an old fool. I would, yeah. too. I would, too. And he's mad. I yes. would be, too. Yeah, so apparently in this it's house... It's very messy. <laughs> it's so bad, you guys. So attorneys for Phil Collins today during the Zoom hearing expressed concern over Phil's collections of artifacts from the battle at the Alamo... His music collection, his piano, his clothes, and his family photos. Probably been, some of it's been sold. Who knows with this guy? I mean, who knows? You can see why Phil is worried, but this is rich people problem of epic, messy proportions. Yes, it is. Very much so. Hmm. Artifacts from the battle at yeah. the Alamo. Okay, <laughs> okay, Phil Collins. Yeah. Uh, if you are to believe the hype, Bachelorette Claire Crawley says her new ring on that finger doesn't mean she's engaged, you guys. Right. They just told me to put it on and pushed me out the door mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. It the pop- show's on tonight at 8 o'clock. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. Here's what she had to say about wearing a diamond ring on her left ring finger spotted outside of her house in Sacramento because you know all the paparazzi are hanging out in Sacramento, California. Anyway, so she had this to say. People have noticed I wear this ring on my wedding finger and have asked why. The truth is because it's a commitment to myself first and foremost to embody self-love. Oh, please. Somebody wrote that for her and okay. then she couldn't even really deliver it okay. very well. <laughs> are we going to watch tonight? Oh, yeah, I'll watch it. But here's what I'm watching for. If they're editing this like we don't know everything that's going on and they're going to pretend that we don't know that Claire goes off with this guy and she's only the batch. Right, I'm going to be weeks. kind of bummed if they don't like break the fourth wall and address it. Yeah. All right. It feels really fake then. Do you know? I Okay. Holly, do you agree? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, yeah. we know it. It's like the same thing happened with the Kardashians with all, everything happening, you know, before the showing, you got to address it. Own up to it. Don't try and act like it's a surprise to you, too, Chris Harrison. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, once you start meddling... This has never been, happened before in Bachelorette history. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, once you start messing with the space-time continuum, you start to get in si- sticky situations, and when you don't have Chris Jenner in your corner trying yeah. to manage all that kind of stuff... You know, we wish you the best. Yeah. We wish you the best. Speaking of, Kim Kardashian, according to Page Six, is secretly going to have a 40th birthday party somewhere on a tropical island in planet Earth with 30 of her closest friends and family flying via private jet. Now, that's a rich people problem that would be good to have. What a fun... Everybody's taking the tests and... And aren't they doing 40 hours of Kardashian on Bravo or something? Oh, I would. I think, I think they're d- tying it in with this forty hours of Kardashian. Well, I mean, yeah, on E. Yeah, they got to slap that cow right. while it's going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you're right, Julia, because Kim Kardashian's fortieth birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, and I think that they're going to be airing the best Kim moments from. The long storied yeah. history of keeping well, up with the Kardashians. I think it's a great what, idea. I mean, imagine that that you you rent the plane, everyone you'll pay for everyone to get their tests, and off you go, and then test it before you get home, and stay in some villa, and there's going to be nobody around because nobody's traveling. Exactly. Now, some people are saying that they're going to be staying at Richard Branson's Necker Island. Oh, that could be. Some people are saying that it will be another private island in the Bahamas, maybe Turks and Caicos. She's just giddy. She's going without her kids. Are you sure? You don't think they're going to be there? No. Well, Page Six reports that Kanye might be there. 
Oh, what a buzzkill. What a buzzkill. <laughs> right. Sam, the old ball and chain yeah. has to come. <laughs> Surely he has some other things to do besides go on this trip. Uh, no, he, no doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't really. That, that, right. Just you, stay out of it. No one talk about him. Mm-mm. Okay, well then we'll move on. All right, All right. thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Kristen Cavallari knew that sharing a photograph of her ex Laguna Beach love, Stephen Coletti, would cause a commotion. So when she posted that. So that's that, why she did it? Yes. She was totally trolling you, and she yeah. knew that. Although she didn't expect people to like that photograph that much. So it's a picture of Kristen Cavallari, Stephen Coletti. She put it up on her Instagram account shortly after announcing that she and Jay Cutler were getting a divorce. Oh, she knew exactly what she was doing. Come on. Yeah. She's like, I knew it was going to create a little commotion, but I didn't know to what degree. She said, it was the most liked photo on Instagram, more than my kids, more than anything in my life. <sighs> well, we always do, you know, love that whole, will they get back together and all? the olden days yeah yeah well they won't they um sheen gun kelly had to drop out of an upcoming movie role in the film called wash me in the river he's been replaced by taylor kitsch in this movie (gasps) oh so taylor can machine gun act well he was in the dirty played uh oh that's right all right Good in that. And I don't know what else he's been Taylor in. Taylor Kitsch, we Taylor miss Kitch, him. He can act. He can act. Yeah. Maybe Machine Gun couldn't act. Well, Machine Gun Kelly was good in the dirt, like you guys yeah. said. And he has that upcoming movie with Megan Fox, Midnight in the Switchgrass. Oh, that's right. That's right. In the switch, the Florida, the, the swamp, the private investigators. I just have, you know, let it's, it... This sounds like mosquito. No, let it be <laughs> some kind of a body, body heat oh, sex okay. scene. Okay, oh, like hoping right. something like that's happening. Ooh, a little sexy defenestration. I, Holly, there's really been a remarkable decrease in the amount of sex on film in movies. And I just want and, you to know, we've talked about we, it ad nauseum really, for the last two days. It's really been, it's really distressing if you look compare the 80s and 90s to oh. the... You know that. Hands down, Lori. That is that is a passion project. More horniness in mainstream movies, please. Please. I mean, we're grown-ups. We can handle it. We're going we've been going through a pandemic for heaven's sake. <laughs> we could use a good R-rated movie. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh. Thank, thank you, you, Holly. You're welcome. All right, we come back. So is this where I These, play uh, a duh sound effect? Um, yep. Okay. I should come up with like an open for this, like a bigger what? thing. Well, if you would like to, we like all to. for it. We like how you do that stuff. I like our Otherwise, I've got what? We is just, it this one? Well, duh. Yeah. We yeah, just like it. to, it's kind of keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anyone to slap or, you know, the messenger, Julia, with some of my studies of duh, because some of them are... I have to go through a lot to sum it <laughs> so up. So I'm not it's, supposed to give you any crap. No, you can give me crap, but sometimes I wade through so much <laughs> journalistic, psychological lingo, and then I try and distill it down to the simplest oh thing, God. and then I leave out key things, and then, you know, we get going. But I think this study, which was published in the Journal of Applied Developmental Psychology, which oh, that one. is as wordy as it sounds, okay? <laughs> but we know one of the things that's really got to be heightened if people are at home with kids, if, you nerves. Got, no, if you've got more than one, that means you've got siblings, and you know when you got siblings, you got, you got fighting. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Sibling rivalry is real. Any of us that are more than one, we know this. We know what happens and blah, blah, blah. So the study of duh is if kids had the choice 
they'd choose a pet over a sibling. <laughs> <laughs> well, well duh. duh. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Um, the authors of the study, they looked at 77 12-year-olds, okay? And they gave yeah. them all these different scenario and they looked at and they found that the kids that had pets as well as obviously they had brothers or sisters Mm -hmm. to be in the study is that 12 year olds confide things into their pet girls maybe more than boys so you're petting fluffy and you're just saying you're telling them but nobody's talking back to you nobody's Mm -hmm. making any judgment no one's telling you that's why the blow up dolls are so popular no one's ever going (laughs) to use it against Mm -hmm. you you know as a sibling can do and so that's basically why children you know will prefer if given the choice well i think if i asked my boys when they were that age would you rather have a brand new lab puppy or would you rather you brother they both say they both say i want a puppy yeah exactly exactly but anyway uh if if sibling rivalry is wearing you down the house it may be time to you know get an animal because it really focuses the kids and it releases oxytocin. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a good feeling to have something else to focus on. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. So anyway, are you okay. crazy initially, but it could be good in the long run. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a real study of dud. This was not done during this time. This okay. was uh, this was researchers really, you know, the, 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 the most frightening years of all, the M years, the middle school years. Mm. Okay. For just everything. I, okay. And, uh, this is everything. And what did they find? Okay. Guess what? It is a child's tween years that are the most difficult for the mothers. Whoever plays the mother role, that the uh, the tween years really? I, I... are the years when kids start experimenting with risky behavior. If your tween is acting too grown up as a tween and you're concerned... You are right to be concerned. Tween it down. That's right. <laughs> Julia? I, I don't know. I'm just thinking back. I think the worst thing that ever happened that with a lot of my peers and their kids was eighth grade. When they found out that the grades don't matter in eighth grade for the ACT and to get into college. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. So suddenly they're thinking eighth grade doesn't well, they, matter. They do think of the tween years as being the middle school years. Yeah. Seventh, so, eighth, ninth. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I was. I figured you'd say, as a mom, you were you were stressed out and you hated when we when they were sixteen, seventeen, and could be out driving and getting well, into I, trouble. Well, I I worried more about what was going on at those ages. Mm-hmm. I did. I guess mm-hmm. this age, I just was trying to think: how do you tell your kids your grades matter when they did it, and you're just trying to say it's more than that? You know, it was a very hard conversation. For it only affected let one of mine. Let me go back to my <laughs> okay. study. This is mother did. Between girl moms, okay, because I didn't feel experience that the with most, boys. Um, well, that's you're developing so much in those age. You're getting your period. 10, 11, 12, You don't know how to sur- solve the f- the kerfuffles and fights and things that happen with the mean girls. Of that makes more sense because the boys years. I didn't experience it. That's mine was just a grade thing. Excuse me, developmental psychology. Uh, she well, didn't a read enough journal, but this was about. Uh, for moms of tween daughters, that the tween years are the most anxiety. I would agree with that, even as myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were really hard years. Mm-hmm. And you probably go from, oh, I have this, you know, sweet girl that's never, you know, talked back to me or said anything to just 
a hormonal right. body changing. And you, yeah, right, right. And yes. it's, right. it's the whole And other... sometimes it happens so quickly, you're like, wow. Yeah, I know. Never for Lori. She had to wait and wait and wait to develop. Julie, I prayed. I know. <laughs> I prayed. And it happened, finally. It really hasn't yet. But you know Do you what? think it happened? Do you no, really? Well, I don't know. I think so. I think so. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that seemed like kind of a dub for me. Okay, here is this. All right. You now can... wait, I just want to point out that you told me not to interrupt you. Yeah, I know. I'm interrupting myself. Well, because you missed the, the lead. Okay, what's yeah. next? Again, Julia, I'm <laughs> trying to read a 30-page article and dissect it down to a soundbite or two. <laughs> Such a talent. Okay, now mm-hmm. this study, to me it seems like a real duh, but it's from the Happiness Research Institute in Denmark, and they said we can all do one thing right now to feel happier, decrease our stress, and be able to concentrate more on what matters by just doing this one thing. Guesses? Um, Smile. Something on a Zoom call? I was going to say masturbate, I know. No. no. I'm thinking smile, Mm-mm. be kind, Mm-mm. be grateful, Mm-mm. eat Drink ice cream, wine. no, <laughs> wine, no. It, is it so obvious, Lori? It's so obvious. Hugs. It won't be for you because okay. you pride yourself on not doing this, although you've done it periodically, like to kickstart dating. I think once or twice you might have done it. What is it? Facebook. Oh, I hate Facebook. Stay getting off oh, of yes. Facebook. Oh, I'm not even on That it. is yes. all it takes to inject good vibes into your brain. So, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and what they did, they had 2,000 people who admitted to using Facebook at least once a day, and about 78% said they were on it about a half hour a day. And I, there are just a lot of people. I think of my mom. You know, yeah. she. You, I, I, there's a lot of people you spend more time than you think. And they split the people into two groups. And one group was banned from going onto Facebook for a whole week. Well, the control group used it like they normally did. And after the week was up, they then had did the questions, and they found that the people who continued to use Facebook were sixty percent more likely to be stressed. And um, wow, that's a big number, isn't it? Huge? That, I'm so grateful I haven't ever got into this. Yeah, people who then the group who didn't use Facebook, they felt happier, they felt more enthusiastic, they felt more decisive. The researchers that c- concluded that people who use Facebook on the regular are 39% more likely to feel less happy than their friends. Wow. So, Isn't that something? Yeah. So the next time you do find you believe yourself, that because you're on Facebook, I, I only, only go on it to look at it here. I, I look at like uh, memories come up, great pictures come up yeah, for us. But, but yeah, that's I don't really go on there. I find it a very stressful place to be. And you, stuff. you do. But and I've tried to talk to my mom and some of her friends about being on there, and she always says, "Well, I'm not looking at anything." That makes me upset, but the thing is, that stuff bleeds into it. You can't avoid sometimes right. finding out things about somebody that upset you, or right. you see something and you think, "God, I'm not. I'm such a loser. I don't have much of a fun life." Right. You do these comparisons and stuff, so that's why I kind of like for old, our older uh, people, which I think has kind of taken over Facebook. I you. Sh- you 
I think it brings people. I think it brings people down. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I don't know what our do you think? immediate family I've been really off does. Facebook it. for a while, and yep. I am enjoying it. Yeah, I still look at Twitter, and I don't do any I tweeting. Love I don't Lori the, loves Twitter. I, love Twitter. I look at the I just, pictures I love of it as a news source, you know. Yeah, but you know, and that that's depressing enough most mm-hmm. of the time. But, but it's yeah. also funny, you know, yeah, you can right. be I follow the snarky and, and all that kind of right. stuff. But I just kind of have, you just might want to look around at your people and your family yep. or friends and maybe just, you know, like have a little, like if they seem really tense and upset, you know, that maybe they could just like have a little, a little detox from Facebook, give it, a, give it a try and see how they idea. feel mm-hmm. because it's uh, overwhelming. Yeah. That's a good idea yeah, for so. people. Anyway, that was an easy one. Duh, but okay. there, you, but there you go. Well, but we yeah. don't think about it. We don't think about it, right? We just think, oh, uh, all right. Listen, we'll be right back. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. I feel like it's been very productive. It snowed a lot today. We have our first snarled traffic jam in forever. Feels like winter. People, is that productive? Yeah, it's very the productive. The gods are talking. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot is down. happening. Okay, I, I it doesn't I, get much more productive than that. Everything right. that's going on today. No, there are there are things <laughs> happening. Um, thanks everybody who's in their car at rush hour because this never happens anymore. It feels like, um, and hanging out with us. Okay, so I, Rocco, I know you don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but I'm just gonna say, um, I sent you. And Brittany, mm-hmm. um, a photo of Tara, Bank, Tara, Tara Banks. Tyra Banks. The stylist hates her. It's obvious. <laughs> and it's in. I don't know. She I, like I a have, golden battleship. I have never fringe. seen anyone wear as bad of an outfit as they put her in this short gold dress last night. And I felt bad for her. And I'm like, why would anyone ever put her in that dress? It looked. Tyra is the executive producer. How can she let someone put her in that outfit? Because she smizes when she looks in the mirror at what she's got on, and she doesn't see what everybody else has seen. I mean, remember the padded dress she wore last week? Yeah, and it was like a, it was like the unfortunate stepsister's dress from Cinderella. So whatever is happening, and it's 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 a little disconcerting. Her stylist hates her, and she (laughs) smizes when she sees herself, so she doesn't really see her. Yourself. Wow! I so anyway. It's so bad. So once you can over, you look past that because she's a beautiful woman. But they oh. are dressing her to look like Frida Frump. She's beautiful. Dressing her in every wrong way possible, right down to the hair. It's 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 her, her first outfit. She was swaddled up like a like a like an old English uh, knight. Yeah, and she, she wore was all rust. strapped in. Who's and, worn rust? Pleated pants. High waisted. Rust pleated pants in the last 20 years. So, anywho, pleats, so once you. Pleats from the stomach, from the belly button down. Are horrid. Are horrible. I know those years of the pleat years when yeah. you had a little belly and a little action going on in that area. It's not attractive. <laughs> so, I just, when she came out and that go through. Anyone who's watching The ha- Hunting of Bly Manor is seeing all the pleated mom jeans complete with the high top Reeboks. You know, I just, just a horrible look. So anywho, so yeah, once you can get past her. that, I mean, I really, it's shocking to me because she's so gorgeous that they're dressing her so wrong. She's the EVP. Yeah, I know. All right. Let's talk about Derek Hoff's oh, dance. He danced last night with his girlfriend and it was absolutely It incredible. was a showstopper. His girlfriend's name is Haley Herbert. 
And I um, mean, he must be the best dancer alive on the planet right I now. I think the way his body moved, and if you haven't seen mm-hmm. it, you can just Google it, but that dance, it was the Paso Doble. Oh, sexy, cutting, sharp, sharp, so fast, so amazing. It he's made, amazing. Yeah. I would go to his traveling show. Yes, I would. Because too. he is such an artist. Yeah. And it was so intoxicating watching that. That was super fun. It was super fun. Uh, Johnny Weir, another person there dressing in, in inappropriate clothing. I think he had on a fringed bikini with a little netting. And it was just. It was the moose knuckle <laughs> fringe. Everybody's oh, wearing okay, it. I'm looking this <laughs> The, the moose. moose knuckle fringe. Because Everybody wants one. <laughs> remember, you came home from L.A. and said it's all about the fringe. Fringe it is. Oh, but this is. So there were some interesting costumes. He's been a surprisingly bad uh, dancer, dancer for, for being a figure skater of dance and, you know, being an athletic figure skater. He's been not that good. He in the other I was kind of bummed that they sent Vernon home, yeah. uh, whoever he was. I think he's a football player. Yeah. He's an athlete. But I, I thought he was better... Uh, but I think they kept Johnny because he's uh, got more fans or something. Or? No, I mean, it came down to a judge's I save. Know. I couldn't believe it. Well, the other thing that happened last night, I thought, look, it looked like everyone had on slippery shoes. Like the floor was too slippery. Yeah. It felt like, you know, right when they do the ice rink with the Zamboni yeah. and everyone slips Fresh. a little on their yeah, skates right. if you don't have sharp flips. I, you know what? I fast forward through so much of that show. I like to watch Sky and I like to have I've got a few people, but there's all yeah. kinds of people. I don't care what happens. But they were slipping and I was like, yeah. lick the bottom of your shoes. I don't. Who is Lucas Bravo? Julia, do you know? I know that name. Mm-hmm. It was it was it's a character. It's not the hot priest, it's the hot chef from Emily in Paris. Well, that is, is the actor's okay, name. Okay, I know. Okay. Who plays um, Gabrielle. Oh, who lives on the fifth He's floor. He's absolutely beautiful. His name is Lucas Bravo. Some people call him the French Army Hammer because they he were really so does. struck he at really, how much he looks like Army Hammer. He really does, Lori. He's a former model. And a former sous chef, just like his character. Oh, so he can cook and looks good. That's right. He currently lives in Paris, and um, he is next up going to be in a movie that's adapted from a mo- uh, from a novel called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and he's going to that be in rhymes. it. I love it. Mrs. Harris Goes <laughs> to Paris, and um, yes, his name is <laughs> Lucas Bravo. If you would like to look at that hunky. Hunky chef and chef, chef. I mean, and he's remember, a chef with a cleft. Remember when it was all about the hot priest? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. From um, you know her. Fleabag. And thank you, yeah. Lori. Lori, you, I watched that one. That was a good that show, was awesome. wasn't it? Wasn't it good? The second season was so much better than the first, and I'll never forget when the sister got the haircut. Oh, oh she yes. looked like a pencil, pencil. an eraser. An Did eraser. you guys watch when they had like the live version on Amazon Prime? No, no. Yeah, was I it good? I didn't watch it either. It was only on for like a week, and it was for charity, but we missed it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there's so many other live things coming up for yeah. us, including Legally Blonde. They're doing it. Everyone's live. By the Sign way, we're five. live every day, and you can podcast us. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Rocco. Drive safe. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton. Motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more.
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.